For me, one of the biggest areas of focus was trying to learn from the mistakes I've seen other companies make as they grow really fast. Because in most companies, the focus becomes on growing as quickly as possible without as much regard for the other areas of the business. And for me, it was extremely important to keep profits, people, and purpose as equal priorities, right? Welcome back, Leader Lab listeners. Have you missed us? Because we've missed you. So let's jump into a new season of the Leader Lab powered by Life Labs Learning. I'm your host, Vanessa Tanisian, and I'm especially excited that we get to kick it off by introducing our new CEO, Priscilla Bala. Welcome to the lab, Priscilla. Oh my God, I'm such a fan girl. So this is like a dream come true for me. Well, Priscilla, this is pretty exciting for us too. On this special episode of the Leader Lab, we'll span the personal and the organizational because after all, organizations are made up of people. Priscilla and I will explore the journey of discovery, development, and drive that brought her to this exciting moment of leadership. We'll also dig into her insights on healthy business growth and engaged retention. Those are the building blocks of what it means to grow kind, which just happens to be our 2022 theme for Life Labs as a company and this season of the podcast. And without further ado, for your listening and learning pleasure, let's continue the conversation on Growing Kind with Priscilla. I'll let her pick up where she left off, contemplating the priorities that serve as guidelines for sustainable, kind growth. If we're super financially successful, but our team is miserable or we're letting down our clients or our learners, that's not success in my book. So truly being intentional about how can we pace that growth in a way that that's really exciting, engaging, and meaningful for all stakeholders. You know, what we've seen at Life Labs is actually if we start with people and purpose, the profits tend to follow. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. as a business, that's what you need to be sustainable, to give the team security, to invest in what comes next, and to be constantly innovating, right? So it's important that all three be running in parallel. Priscilla's right. As we've seen here at Life Labs, when people, purpose, and profit align, organizational growth and change are usually right around the corner. And at the same time, as we think about stewarding that growth, it's also important to consider what is important to protect. What is it that we want to stay the same? In an upcoming episode that we have with Joey Lim, our impact lead, we're going to be exploring organizational ethos, which is what makes us us. How would you describe the organizational ethos of Life Labs? What makes us us and will remain at our core even as we change through growth? I truly believe that it's our wholehearted commitment to our values, right? It's, you know, choose courage over comfort, always be learning, open the circle, cut the clutter, find a way to play, be kind to your mind. And 80% is better than 0%. Like what is so unique and impressive for me is that at Life Labs, values are not just things you put on a piece of paper. They guide every decision that we make, right? You know, I'm always so delighted when we hashtag them to each other, how we use them to explain (laughs) ourselves in our emails. We give feedback to each other based on these values. They truly guide us to make life lebsy decisions, like no matter our size, right? So when we were tiny, you know, open the circle might have meant involving every single lab mate in a decision. 
at our current size, open to circle means ensuring that we have transparent decision criteria and multiple decision makers, but it is impossible for everyone to participate in each one of those things. However, I think that the spirit of it and the the application of it is still as real at a large size as, as it ever was. I also think that something else that makes us unique is just how intensely participatory our culture is, right? The level of transparency that we have internally. And then everything is co-created. Everything goes through our, our systems, whether it be new roles, podcasts that we're creating or any other projects that we're doing. And that has fundamentally changed how I personally do work. It's like it's one thing to know rationally that... If you are working with a good team, the project is going to come out better. And it's another thing to like live it in day in and day out. Like there's not a single idea that I'll start with at Life Labs where it won't come out materially better on the other Mm -hmm. end because there's been input and collaboration and support from the rest of the team. Priscilla continued to gush about our team. And hey, far be it for me to stop her. We truly are you know, the most methodical, kind, compassionate, and well-organized company I've ever been in. So the bar is really high. (laughs) I've always been someone who prides in being competent and preparing and really honoring people's times by being ready to do the thing. And I have to say, Life Labs meetings are the only meetings that intimidate me because (laughs) I know that our people not only are just so excellent themselves, but I really have this this passion for doing right by them and and really being you know good at my job and equipping them and giving them the resources and the clarity they need so I have to say it was pretty nerve-wracking kind of for the first uh, month or two um, especially because I also had very big shoes to fill the big shoes Priscilla's talking about are those of Tanya Luna and Leanne Rinegar Life Labs Learning's co-founders and former co-CEOs As you can remember from last season's finale episode featuring the two of them, they started and developed the company on a rich foundation of curiosity, passion, and thoughtfulness. I asked Priscilla to share the story of how she ended up taking on the CEO role for this next phase of the Life Labs learning journey. I was working in venture capital at the time and Life Labs was recommended to me because I was looking for a solution to upskill the portfolio executives. Mm-hmm. And once I sat in, in one of the workshops, I remember thinking, whoa, this is so brilliant. Life would be so much better for so many people if they had access to these skills. And how come I didn't get to learn any of these things when I was getting my MBA at Yale and being trained by all of the world-class organizations I had worked worked at until then. I really fell in love with the product and the co-founders, Tanya and Leanne, we were kind of collaborating and doing things together. And they're like, hey, you're giving us some great ideas. Why don't you just come work here? And they were like, well, we wouldn't want to poach you. And I said, by all means, try. And I was just so ready to join. And honestly, it was one of those moments of, wow, like this is a team I love, a product I love, a mission I love. I really didn't care very much what the role was as long (laughs) as I could do good in it. So I joined as the director of sales in consulting. And from there, the role quickly grew in scope and complexity. And then I became the chief revenue officer. And two years later, Tanya and Leanne extended the offer to me to take their place as CEO. And the irony is that Life Labs was the first place I ever worked where I didn't want to be the CEO. (laughs) 
because I was really happy with our leadership and I really enjoyed collaborating with them. But it ended up being the perfect fit and timing. And it was just the kind of opportunity I couldn't say no to because Mm. I was completely in love with everything that we were doing. And I've got to tell you all like out there in listener land, when Priscilla Bala came on board, suddenly it felt like a rocket ship had (laughs) attached itself to the company. And we started growing so quickly and it was so wonderful to see our business mature, especially as you sort of rose through the ranks. And I remember when the announcement was made in uh, one of our team ups is what we call our all hands. And I was just thinking to myself, oh my goodness, so well-deserved, so exciting to see. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think that the support that I got from the entire organization and the fact that, you know, as a team, we default to curiosity and compassion and kindness when we're asking questions and when we're, you know, approaching each other truly made a difference. And knowing that I had the organization behind me was really exciting because it was never meant to be, and it still isn't meant to be, right? Like ever the Priscilla show. And in fact, I very much... Um, to some extent, to resent that the world in general has idolized CEOs to such a level to mm-hmm. at times not give credence and privilege to the role that the team plays in that in that effort as well. So for me, I, I always knew that it was going to be kind of a joint enterprise. And I have to say that, you know, I feel like I can only accomplish the things that we do as a team because we have each other's backs. Priscilla's constant emphasis on the team effort is clear in her leadership style. And yet, She has just completed her first quarter as CEO. And in true Life Labs learning fashion, we needed to take a beat to celebrate that milestone. And we asked her to extract the learning she'll bring with her as she continues to grow into this role. You know, for me, it was a big reframe insofar as going from, you know, my job is getting these things done to my job is truly equipping these things to be done without me Mm -hmm. um, has been a massive learning for me so that I can really reframe how I approach every conversation that I have with with a team and to really double down on asking questions ever more and coaching folks so that they can do it. The other thing that I was really trying to apply hard this year is the theme that we set out, which is grow kind, right? If folks focus a lot on efficiency or speed, but then forget that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all a bunch of humans with human minds and bodies and needs that need to do human things. Mm -hmm. um, It can be easy to be lost in that and truly burn out, which is what you see in a lot of fast growth companies. So I'm trying really my best to learn how to set goals and systems that allow us to achieve what we need to, but also create space to breathe, connect, play, have fun together, learn from one another, all in balance. So why use Grow Kind as our theme, both for Life Labs Learning as a company and here on this podcast? Well, because that's the point. At Life Labs Learning, we see the workplace as a practice lab for life's most useful skills. And so if we aren't creating spaces that empower people to thrive alongside the business, we're at risk of losing them. Enter Grow Kind, an ethos that focuses on elegant, scalable, sustainable systems that prove kindness and success can go hand in hand. Lately, Priscilla has been encouraging the team to cut kind, a mashup of our value, cut the clutter, and our theme, Grow Kind. I was curious to know more about how she saw that in action. 
I mean, cut the clutter. It's such a core value for us at Life Labs because it represents trimming unnecessary steps, costs, words. And to me, it's one of the kindest values because it's impossible really to grow kind without saying no more often than we say yes. Without this discipline, we end up rushing in of all sorts of directions and still feeling behind which basically has been like the state of the world. And I think that that feeling of being in a hamster wheel is something that's really unfulfilling and and, and awful for folks. So when we think about cutting the clutter, it's really about prioritizing. And I think about it as the equivalent of pruning. I've recently become more of a gardener. Hmm. Um, Listeners, you have to know that Priscilla has like 13 hobbies. <laughs> so just a uh, just casual gardener now on top of knitter, crocheter, everything else that you do. But yes, let's go on with the analogy here. Um, well, you and I need to find some pottery time uh, and then my life will be good. <laughs> but so in this analogy, it's really that notion of like, hey, cutting sometimes can feel painful. And when you think about pruning a plant, for example, right, it might seem cruel to cut living branches, but that's really what helps the plant stay healthy and grow strong. So I think of it as really trying to like make kind cuts. So I think the you know, the shift is really in asking, is this the most important thing we're trying Mm -hmm. to achieve together? Is this the best way to achieve it? Is this the best use of our time? And and to be in it as a community, right? And in conversation, because I think that it only works when we're willing to listen to each other and to also give people permission to know, hey, it is totally okay. And it's actually kind to cut the stuff that's not the most important thing. Who knew a gardening metaphor could shed so much light on growing kind? Since we've already been chatting about a few of her hobbies, I wanted to dig in, see what I did there, and learn a little bit more about Priscilla as a person. Priscilla Bala is a chosen name. I would love for you to share a little bit of color on how you got to be Priscilla Bala. It still sometimes shocks me that it's so unique for folks, right? Because mm-hmm. as a as a woman, the expectation for me growing up, particularly like growing up in Brazil, was that you get married and you change your name. Mm-hmm. But changing your name by yourself is very <laughs> unique. But let, let's get there. I was in business school and I met this fantastic woman called Janet the Planet. And Janet had changed her name to literally be Janet the Planet. And I thought that that was the most exciting thing I had ever seen because it was where she felt the most her. And it was that moment that kind of sparked me to to realize that it is possible to actually change my name. Like this is something that I could do. And I went on this leadership trip and I was hiking in the canyons of Utah And we had to share the pivotal moments that made us who we are. And you had to think about your story and what you wanted next. And the night that I had to share, I ended up being very vulnerable. And and then I'm crying and then they're crying. Everybody's (laughs) crying. And now I'm embarrassed. And when I woke up the next day and I realized that I wanted my story to be a combination of all the things I had gone through, but also all the things I was going to build ahead, truly from the sense of like autonomy and ownership. I wanted to feel like I could write the story that was going to be most meaningful to me and and that I could then also live with the consequences of Mm -hmm. it, whether they be good or bad. (laughs) And so I decided I was going to change my name. And so I get back all excited. I'm like, everybody, I'm changing my name. And they're like, to what? And I'm like, I don't know. So picking the name was also cool because I had to then figure out how to give it meaning. And I ended up choosing Bala because in Latin, Priscilla means old and in Sanskrit, Bala means young. 
And so it was my yin and yang. Mm. And in Portuguese, bala also is, it's the same word for candy and bullet. And that was the goal, being sweet and fierce. Uh, I think you achieved that. <laughs> I think that your name suits you incredibly well. Our conversation about Priscilla's chosen name and the sense of autonomy and ownership that picking her name created for her took us back to growing kind and the ways that leaders can shepherd sustainable, engaging growth by making space for the whole person. When we're thinking about growing kind, Priscilla, I'm curious from your perspective, what skills do you think are most important for senior and executive leaders to practice as their organizations grow kindly? Mm. So I love this question because I actually had started writing this list out several weeks ago, even for like internal purposes. And then I looked at my list and I'm like, oh, holy cow, this is just our manager core program. (laughs) So I do think that, you know, all people in leadership and management need the core part one skills we teach, the one-to-one skills, right? Coaching, feedback, productivity, effective one-to-ones because those are truly the fundamental tools. And then as people's roles become increasingly complex and they take on more leadership responsibility, those skills are not enough. And this is where things like the strategic thinking, the meetings mastery, the leading change and the people development come in because these are the one-to-many skills. It's how are you now not just participating, but you're unleashing how those folks can best do their work. And those are big responsibilities for leadership in my mind. I also think that there's a bit of a mindset shift, right? That it has to happen. And I think that for me, a lot of being, you know, part of a leadership team has to do with being good stewards of resources, whether that's time or money or energy, right? Like Mm -hmm. the more leadership you have, the more imperative it is that you really help people focus on what makes the biggest difference and spare everyone's time and emotions from the low value distractions. So in some cases, I see myself as just trying to, you know, guard people's um, attention to some extent. And mm-hmm. you, as you can imagine, that's much easier kind of said and done, right? And it's very hard in practice to figure out what matters most and keep people focused because especially when you have, you know, folks that are very talented and that are operating in other spaces, you know, how is it that you ensure that the organization's priorities are staying top of mind, even if they might not be, you know, the thing that feels most important to every single unique role? Finding the alignment between the needs of the organization and the strengths and energizers of our teammates is a topic we cover in our career growth workshop. It's also an issue that we know is top of mind across the people ops community as we turn our efforts from managing the great resignation towards driving the great retention. So the great resignation, we're still in the midst of it. People are switching jobs. And so I'm curious, how does growing kind and cutting the clutter dovetail with this idea of retention in your mind? Yeah, no, I think that this is such an important question. So now it's not just about creating workplaces that people have to be in, but it's about workplaces that people want to be in. And I think that what we're seeing is really that the optionality that initially, you know, technology companies had because talent in technology was so scarce that Mm -hmm. that talent could choose where it wanted to work. Some of that optionality is now expanding to everyone everywhere. And I think that that is a really wonderful development for the world, right? Like gone now are the days when someone's job opportunities were limited by the 50 mile radius around where you live, right? Now with a world that's going to be much more hybrid and in many cases, much more virtual, Mm -hmm. um, 
all employees have much greater optionality about, you know, how they want to do work. And I think that all of this ties to the retention in the sense that the way we structured life in the workplace, they weren't designed to be human centric. In many cases, they were built for efficiency. And now that the majority of work that is repetitive and that's easy to automate will be automated in the coming decades. When you look at what's going to be left, we really need to change how we work to be truly human centric and to recognize what are the things that engage humans' brains and, and how is it that we can make the work be an extension of what's going to be functional for humans rather than the other way around. Now you might be wondering, as far as an organizational strategy, how do we operationalize making work that is functional for humans? Well, I think it might be helpful if we shared one of our success metrics here at Life Labs. This is real. This is literally on our vision and strategy doc, everyone. At work, I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. How do we come to the conclusion that that was a measure we wanted to focus on? Yeah, well, so it starts with the fact that it's, you know, Gallup predicts that it is one of the best predictors of engagement. It's this ability of can you feel like your, your talents and skills are being utilized in an ongoing fashion. And it also has this implicit feeling of job crafting, right? Mm -hmm. Is how can we truly give people the autonomy to choose how they're going to apply their skills to the roles um, that they have? And I think that that's the ongoing balance we try to achieve at Life Labs is how can we as an organization give every lab mate, which is the word we have for, for the folks <laughs> who, who work in our team, right? So how can we give each lab mate sufficient clarity to understand what the what of the role is going to be, and then sufficient autonomy to figure out the how uh, on their own, right? And to give them as much flexibility as possible on the how. And I think that achieving that balance really, you know, gets us closer to fulfilling those those brain cravings that we have. Mm -hmm. Have we talked about camps in the podcast before, Vanessa? We have, but I would love to hear your take on it. Yeah. <laughs> so for listeners who aren't familiar, camps is our, our acronym for the five things that every human, regardless of role, position, department, or function is going to be engaged by or motivated by two different levels, of course, and in different ways. But the C stands for certainty, the A for autonomy, the M for meaning, the P for progress, and the S for social inclusion. So whenever we are thinking about how is it that we create a workplace of the future and how is it that we really respond to these cravings is thinking through what are the elements that as an organization we can put in place to support people in having certainty in expressing their autonomy, in finding meaning for them, in celebrating and extracting those moments of progress and in feeling, you know, the sense of social inclusion. That's so important, especially as our world becomes ever more widespread. And in many cases, our families might be far away from us and we might be in entirely different geographies from where our friends are. And so I think that, you know, if we can be responsive to those and intentional about how they manifest themselves in, in the ways we interact with each other and how we are organized like company practices, then you can really, you can really make a difference and create the kind of engagement that retains people. Intentional growth that is mindful of generating engagement is a magnet for retention. And that magnet will draw in and retain people who are eager to deepen their skills and co-create exciting new things. Here's a quick preview of some of those things on the horizon for us at Life Labs. I'm super excited to implement 
lots of kind things at Life Labs, some of which include really getting capacity right for each role, right? So we've been very intentional over the past few years to truly try to find the amount of work that's, you know, not too little, not too much, just right. And I think that especially as we're growing and new roles are created, this becomes so important, right? Because so many companies stuff more and more work into people's list of job responsibilities. We really want to set people up to succeed. And that's why we want to be very careful to understand what feels appropriately spacious and not just push more and more into existing roles. So that intentionality around capacity planning is something that I'm super, super excited about in 2022. I'm also really stoked for us to roll out some new technology that will hopefully make our team and our clients' lives easier and more delightful. And then I'm also really looking forward to the innovations we're going to do on the content side. Mm -hmm. So when we think about growing kind, how do we also stay at the forefront of work? And I'm really thrilled for all of the magic that's getting cooked up by our content team so that we can continue to help folks everywhere be even more intentional, productive, and engaged in the work that they do. So here's some food for thought. Let's start focusing on how a great retention can help us grow kind. As leaders, we can help folks be even more intentional, productive, and engaged in the work that they do, which inevitably leads us to business gains. Because as Priscilla shared with us at the very beginning, it's all about keeping people, purpose, and profits in balance. And that's a wrap of another episode of The Leader Lab. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. This season, we'll continue to explore the leadership skills of growing kind on three levels, from the organization to the team, and then finally with the individual. The Leader Lab is executive produced and hosted by me, Vanessa Tunisian. Neandra James is our senior producer and Alana Berman is our creative director. We've added some new members to our team. Juliana Jack is our assistant editor and Lauren Feller is our audience engagement lead. You can connect with us and check out upcoming and past episodes online at lifelabslearning.com slash podcast. See you in the lab soon. <laughs>